So one of the things that we really have to concentrate on is that we just don't want to look well and beautiful outward. We want to also take care of the inside by first not increasing these types of hormone being produced in our body. So production of these stress hormones causes all sorts of problems such as heart disease, all the way to arthritis and everything else. So medically, in order to be also beautiful inside is you have to have care for yourself and tolerance for others and not to take things so seriously like it's the end of the world. Hello, beauty. Yes, you. Join me, host Joyce Platon, as I chat with today's beauty, wellness and lifestyle visionaries. Let's discover their motivating journey together as I merge my love for the art and my passion in revealing one's true inner beauty. This episode is brought to you by Covey, the perfect skincare routine that's simple and effective with just three essentials for healthy skin. Shop the Covey routine at CoveySkin.com and get 10% off with code HelloBeauty. That's H-E-L-L-O-B-E-A-U-T-Y. To help spread the word of positive inner beauty, I invite you to please subscribe, rate, Five stars would be lovely, and leave a review on Hello Beauty. This makes it easier for people to find the podcast. Thanks and enjoy this episode. This podcast episode is not to be used as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others, including but not limited to patients that you are treating. Consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. Hey there, Joyce Baton here and welcome to Hello Beauty. Today's special guest is Dr. Karush Madahi. He is an award-winning cosmetic dentist, the author of The Toxic Overload, and the founder of Lumino. Lumino is an oral care brand that consists of a line of products that is safe and effective and doesn't harm the body's protective microbiome. In this episode, Dr. Madahi reveals the results of over three decades of research into our body's first line of defense, which is the microbiome. We explore the concept of killing our good bacteria and its link to the rise of autoimmune diseases and allergies. Welcome to Hello Beauty, Dr. Madahi. Welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Joyce. I'm so excited. And before we hit record, I was actually raving about your product, your oral care brand, which we will get into in a bit. Um, It's called Lumino. But aside from being a founder of an oral care brand, you're an award-winning cosmetic dentist and an author. Talk to me about your background and what led you to where you are today. For sure. So uh, I come from a long family of people in the medical profession. Mm -hmm. My brother is a cardiologist. My uncle is a general surgeon. My brother-in-law is an internist. So the love and passion of helping others has always been instilled in me. And I love to work with my hands and I love to problem solve. So I think it, it was either becoming a surgeon or becoming a dentist. And uh, I chose dentistry mainly because I felt that uh, the problem solving with the hands and uh, getting people out of pain and helping them, it would be something that I would very, be very good at. So uh, long story short, go to UCLA and then go to USC School of Dentistry, became a dentist about 35 years ago, started my practice in Beverly Hills. 
And then after 10 years, just transitioned into doing cosmetic dentistry more than anything else. And for the past 20 years, I've been involved also with research, uh, both dental research and things with regards to health. And um, that is sort of the background of where everything stands. With research, you started finding out about so many interesting information that you were compelled to share, right? And I actually have your book here, which is called The Toxic Overload. And I have read it from front to back. I'm you know, really interested in this whole microbiome concept. And I've actually learned something new, which I you know, didn't even know about, was that our microbiome is our first line of defense and it's not our immune system. And I always thought it was our immune system, obviously, right? Because that's what people talk about. Can you please talk about this briefly? Yeah, so I want to first give you a little bit of a background mm -hmm. why I became so attracted Mm -hmm. in terms of the world of microbiome. So the primary goal of the research that I, was, I started to do was, how did we ever survive for thousands of years without modern medicine? Mm -hmm. What was it? You know, what, what, what is protecting us? So there has to be something within our body that's protecting us. And I started to look into it, is that why don't we get eye infections often? Why don't we get ear infections quite often? Why, why don't we get sick quite often? What is it that's happening? So even when you're talking about your skin, mm -hmm. your skin has pores because the, how you know you have pores is just when you sweat, sweat has to come out of pores, right? So you, when you touch different surfaces and you're touching doorknobs, windows, doors, all sorts of things, why, what's happening that all of these microbes are getting into your skin, but yet you don't have infections all the time? So all of that led to the world of microbiome. Okay, so I want to first describe what a microbiome is. Okay, so microbiome is a series of networks of microorganisms, mainly made out of bacteria. There is some viruses and there's fungi in it. So and, and where is microbiome? It covers our skin. It, it is in our nose, in our ears, in our eyes, in our mouth, in our gut, and in the birth canal. Mm. Now, I always say birth canal. Why birth canal is so important is that the first introduction of microbiome to a baby is through natural birth. So that's the first time that they actually get introduced to the microbiome and they're not born with the microbiome and that's how they get introduced to it. So what does the microbiome do? Microbiome's primary goal is to protect us against disease and infection. So how does it do that? And it does it in two, in two simple manners. One is by covering your mouth covering your ears, covering your eyes, covering your gut, covering your mouth, is just taking up real estate so that the bad bacteria, viruses, and everything else do not attach and grow. So in order for bacteria and viruses to actually grow, they have to attach to a part of the body, inner or outer, outer part of the body, and then grow after that. So the sheer number that is covering everything is helping us not let it stick and grow. 
The second part, it works with the immune system because part of the microbiome is also bad bacteria and some harmful viruses, but at a very, very low level. So it keeps it at a very low level within the microbiome. So the body is used to dealing with these types of viruses and bacteria and starts to have sort of immune reactions already present. So if the numbers go up, then it knows how to attack it. So these are the two ways that the microbiome is really that's really interesting because I know that, you know, with the past two years, with the pandemic that has happened, we have been more vigilant about washing our hands, using hand sanitizers, alcohol, or any type of antiseptic. And even, you know, um, there was even an increase, right, in um, using antibacterial mouthwash as well, right? So anything antibacterial was like sold out, you know, because we wanted to make sure that this virus does not attack us or infect us. But can you please shed light and explain why over cleansing is actually not beneficial to us? And I know you mentioned in your book, the hygiene hypothesis and how does this relate to the microbiome? Sure, it's a great question. So some of the things that I'm gonna be talking about is a bit counterintuitive mm-hmm. because um, we believe bacteria is bad. But the first thing that I have to tell you, that's a myth because we as human beings are made out of bacteria. What that means is that there's somewhere between 70 to 100 trillion bacteria in our body to about 10 trillion human cells. So it's a seven to 10 to one ratio of bacteria to human cells. What does the bacteria do in our body? It has vital functions. So we depend on bacteria for vitamin production, like vitamin K. Without vitamin mm. K, we can't breathe that. Mm. We depend on bacteria for digestion. Without bacteria, we will not have proper digestion. So that's why gut health is so important. We depend on bacteria for production and promotion of production of neurotransmitters, such as dopamine and serotonin, which is the mood neurotransmitters. So there is so many different things and vital functions that bacteria has within our body. And without bacteria, we cannot stay alive. So that's the number one thing that I have to talk about because if you're constantly trying to kill the bacteria, what we're gonna end up having is just killing ourselves. This is number one. Number two is that there's a lot of focus on bad bacteria but not enough focus on good bacteria. So, and the other part is that people think that there's so much bad bacteria and so little good bacteria, which is actually actually the opposite is true. There's 98% good bacteria in the environment and only 2% of all bacteria are bad. So we take, for instance, in the mouth, when you have 98% good bacteria that's covering your mouth and is protecting you, by using alcoholic tooth, um, mouthwash, toothpaste, anything antiseptic, you're destroying this microbiome, which is 98% good bacteria. So we end up harming ourselves instead of helping ourselves. So when you're talking about hand sanitizers, hand sanitizers has to be the last resort when there is no soap and water. So in 2000, um, 18, there was a 
final decision with regards to antimicrobial ingredients in hand soaps and body washes. And over 30 years of research, FDA came to the conclusion, three important conclusions. Number one, um, there's no statistical difference between washing your hand with soap and water versus hand sanitizers. That, that is going to come as a shock to people. But just mm. washing your hands with soap and water is as good as hand sanitizers, number one. Number two is that long-term use of antimicrobial soaps and body washes can create resistive bacteria. So when we hear the word superbugs, and somewhere between 60 to 80,000 people die every year of superbugs, that means that they, these um, bacteria have become so resistive that no antibiotic actually can kill it and no, no back, uh, antibiotic actually works. The third one is that also long-term use of antimicrobial ingredients leads to endocrine disruptions. Mm -hmm. So it's penetrating the body and is also changing, has hormonal reactions. So knowing all of this, what we want to do is we want to revisit the concept of hygiene hypothesis. People think if they sterilize their body, if they sterilize the environment, they're not going to get sick, which is exactly the opposite. In Finland, what happened was that they um, passed laws to create these types of sterile environments. Kids do not play dirt. Um, classrooms are always wiped down. And mothers cannot have natural birth. They would have a C-section so that the baby is not actually exposed to the microbiome and all of these different things. And what they thought over years is that the number of illnesses went through the roof, exact opposite of what they thought. So we actually depend on bacteria and viruses for our immune system to develop. And if we live in sterile environments, what we're doing is actually doing the opposite. We're making ourselves more sick over time because our immune system is not well developed. Yeah, and you've mentioned in your book that that's the reason why lately um, there has been a rise in autoimmune diseases and allergies because yeah. we have been lowering down our body's uh, first line of defense, which is the microbiome. Yeah, so the, uh, there is a graph in my book that talks about in the starting in 1970s where the use of antibiotic became more and more prevalent. Um, there is a decrease in infectious disease, which is good, but yet there's an increase in autoimmune disease. And they are sort of very much correlated with each other. So going and indiscriminately killing bacteria has caused more issues. Now, there's, there's always a question I ask when I'm talking to uh, groups of people. I asked them, do you take, how many of you guys take antibiotics on a daily basis? And nobody raises their hands, right? Mm -hmm. But in reality, all of us are being, are taking antibiotics in one way or another. And I'm going to tell you how. So using um, most toothpaste and mouthwashes, there's antiseptic-ness in it that's killing bacteria. So it's antimicrobial. Uh, then we go into uh, the world of when you're eating vegetables, there's mm -hmm. pesticides. 
pesticides are antibacterial. Mm -hmm. Then um, you go further, you eat meat, chicken, and beef. They have an antibiotics in the chicken, antibiotic in the meat. Um, you see, so that all the time, everything we're doing, then we have hand sanitizers. The washing machine detergents have antibacterial ingredients. The dishwasher detergent has the antibacterial ingredients. All sorts of cleaning supplies at home has it. Mm -hmm. So what we touch, what we eat, has a lot of antimicrobial ingredients to it. And these are absolutely are destroying our the oral microbiome and the gut microbiome. And that's why gut health has become such a center subject of so many people trying to regain a healthy ways. You mentioned pesticides and food. So, and there is such a thing as a microbiome diet. Who do you think should follow it? I believe everyone. That's just like what I think. <laughs> right, right. So if, if you want to live a long, healthy life, mm -hmm. first you have to uh, not think about bacteria as your enemy. Mm -hmm. Right. So um, we are contaminated beings and contamination is what has led to the evolution of the immune system. That's the first thing we have to understand. The more micro uh, uh, bacterial folk we become, and we, the more we focus on hygiene, hygiene, hygiene to the point that we are using so many products that destroying this microbiome, the sicker we become. So if you want to have a healthy life, you have to have a sort of a balance. That's why washing your hands with soap and water is a hygiene activity. Using hand sanitizers is hygiene and destruction of microbiome. It's a fine line, right? So bathing is okay, but bathing with antibacterial soaps and body washes is not okay, right? Um, eating fruits and vegetables is good, but finding ways to have more organic without pesticides is okay. Mm. Being vegan is okay, but at the same time, you can eat chicken and beef as long as is grass-fed without antibiotics and hormones. So mm -hmm. it's a more of a cleaner diet. It's not that I'm trying to restrict the diet. I'm trying to, to get back to the natural ways of what we had before, before we introduced so much of the pesticides, before we introduced so much antibiotics and hormones into the meat supply. So that's the whole thing. And that creates longevity. So long Healthy life means also having stable microbiome, protecting the microbiome as well. If you've destroyed your microbiome in your mouth, will this lead to gum disease? And as a result, will show up in other ways like other possible health diseases? Is there definitely a correlation between killing your microbiome and gum disease? Yeah, so there is correlation what we have found the correlation to be is that as, and, and this is one of the research we're continuing right now, we're in the midst of it. Mm -hmm. And what we're trying to prove is that as we kill the microbiome and destroy the microbiome, what happens to the viral load in our mouth? Okay. So when you, when you, your exposure to viruses and, and bacteria doesn't uh, it's not a certainty that you're going to become sick. Mm -hmm. So if you get 
exposed to one virus of COVID, you don't become sick. There has to be a volume. Mm. Volume is a key important part of becoming sick and becoming ill. So what happens that the volume grows? And, the, and mm. part of what I had said was that the virus or the bacteria can stick to different parts of the body and grow, right? So the growth becomes a part as they enter in, then there is growth, right? So what we're measuring is that as you destroy the microbiome, what happens to the viral load? And so far, we ha have not finished the uh, study yet, but we're trending toward higher viral load as you destroy the microbiome. Mm -hmm. So the microbiome was protecting you, you're destroying it. As a result, more bad bacteria and more viruses start to grow in your mouth. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, let's look at it. Why, why are we, for the past 70 years in dentistry, been so obsessed with bacteria? Because the cause of cavity is bacteria. The cause of bad breath is bacteria. The cause of gum disease is bacteria. So the, the whole idea was, let's go kill bacteria because that's what's causing these issues. What happened in the midst of killing the bad bacteria, we started to kill the good bacteria. So when you look at bottles, it says kills 99.9% .9 of the germs, 98% of it is good bacteria. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. But if that way of actually doing things was the right way, people shouldn't get cavities, people shouldn't have gum disease, people shouldn't have bad breath. But what we see is that actually all of this is actually on the rise. So the mm -hmm. concept of killing an antiseptic and sterilizing the mouth actually doesn't really work. Okay. So then the question is, what works? So if you don't kill the bacteria, you're going to have disease. If you kill the bacteria, then you're going to destroy the microbiome. The key part of it, and, and this is what led me into the research into oral care products that are microbiome safe, is this, the holy grail is not to kill bacteria, but to neutralize the toxins of the bacteria. Because it's the toxins that are causing cavity, the toxins that are destroying the enamel, the toxins is destroying the gum and the bone, the toxins is producing the bad breath. So going after the toxins is the way. One other thing is that when you kill bad bacteria, you'll have more toxins being released in your body because in the cell wall of the bad bacteria is also toxins. So killing it is a problem, not killing it is a problem. So that's why going after the toxin was the main way of actually being able to handle this problem overall. Now, when you're talking about oral health and whole body health, we're talking about the correlation between gum disease, heart disease, diabetes, Alzheimer, colorectal cancer, and also premature babies. We're talking about everything. There's so much of interrelationship between what's happening in your mouth and how it affects the entirety of your body. And that is a key component that we have to understand. Just because we are putting something in our mouth and we're swallowing it, it doesn't mean that there's nothing else that's correlated is a wrong way of thinking. Because yeah. if your mouth is diseased, it will spread. Yes. 
and I know the the walls of her mouth and her tongue, everything, it really absorbs like so much. And I forget the percentage, but you know, whatever you put in your mouth and food, like you said, oral care or any like snacks, even you eat, what type of diet you eat, it will definitely be absorbed very quickly. Right. So the, the thing that I always tell people about how absorbent your mouth is, mm -hmm. if you're having a heart attack, the doctor tells you to put two nitroglycerin pills underneath your tongue. They're not asking you to take the liquid version. They're not asking you to swallow it. They're, they're trying to find the best way to get the most amount of absor absorption into your bloodstream. So that's why the mouth is so absorbent. That's one example. And then we did another study that um, we used a, I mean, when you go to buy a mouthwash, there's all sorts of um, uh, colored mouthwashes. I don't know if you want white teeth, why would you put blue mouthwash, yellow, <laughs> purple, green mouthwash in your mouth? But that's all there is on the shelves, right? So there's dyes and then there's alcohol. So what happened is that we had, um, this was done again, uh, all the studies that I'm talking about is on the website of Lumino um and um all essentials and and this in this particular study that was done by uh, uc irvine uh, they they were given a mouthwash and they had them to rinse their mouth for 60 seconds and then spit it out and one minute later they found traces of the dye and the alcohol that was in the mouthwash in the bloodstream and five minutes after the level of the dye actually increased Oh my gosh. So, so this is the reason that I'm telling you we have to be careful as to what we put in our mouth. Because in our, our mouth is very unusual in a way that it absorbs things through the tissue. You can mm -hmm. swallow things through the mouth. But at the same time, when there is any type of a bleeding within the mouth because you have gingivitis, it also can penetrate the blood system as well. There's multiple ways of what you put in your mouth spreads throughout your body. Yeah, so when looking for all these oral care products, when, for example, I'm shopping, what are the categories that I should be looking at when looking at a product? There's so many buzzwords nowadays due to marketing, just so that they can attract customers because that's really what's very in right now. You know, the green movement, the clean movement. But as, you know, we've been finding out, not all brands are actually very clean. So. What should we look out for when looking for an oral care brand? So ideally, mm -hmm. in an ideal world, and, and this was the starting premise of all my research, how can a product be both safe and effective, mm -hmm. right? And this is where we start to have issues. So you can have clean ingredients and really good ingredients, but ends up being not effective. So you can rinse your mouth, for example, with organic apple juice, right? It's completely safe for you, but it is not an effective oral care product. So where we have these natural brands, we have mostly uh, safer ingredients, but lack of effectiveness, lack of studies. And then we go into the more effective brands. So effective and the effectiveness I have to explain to you, if killing the bad bacteria showed effectiveness and they have studies that 
shows that it kills the bacteria. So the brands such as Colgate, Listerine, uh, Crest and everything, they show effectiveness, but they also have toxic ingredients. They're not mm. 100% safe, right? Yeah. So this is where I ran into, I couldn't really find any products that was both safe and effective with clinical research showing its effectiveness. Safe and effective wasn't there. So how you can test my idea is that go find an oral care product that says certified non-toxic. Mm. You can't find, you can find a, a product that says certified non-toxic. They use chemicals, preservatives, dyes, uh, alcohol, some chemical that would make it toxic. And you cannot really find something that is microbiome safe because one way or another, they're killing bacteria because that's, that's what they think they should be doing. They haven't found a way to neutralize the toxin. So at the end of the day, if I were to tell you one thing, Joyce, is that everything that's on the shelf has to change. Mm. And what I'm telling you is not a very huge stretch. And I'll tell you why. If you go to, especially as a woman, you, 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 you would be very much aware of this. All of the skin brands have gone to clean ingredients and all become microbiome safe. It took a 20-year period, right? But you can hardly find um, uh, skincare products that are destroying your microbiome anymore. Mm-hmm. You, you hardly find it that it is destroying the skin in any way anymore, right? And that became, it was because that research became so mainstream that the, all the products started to change on the shelf. And this is exactly the turning point. This is the infection point in the oral care. All that's out there on that shelf has to change into certified non-toxic and has to change into microbiome-safe products. Yeah, and I Same. feel like, I, yeah, I agree. Because whatever you put out in this shelf, because I, I know a lot of people are probably not aware about this, you know, the benefits, the really wonderful benefits of the microbiome. But if you put it in the shelf, naturally the general public will have more access to this information because they'll be curious, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the other thing is that when we're talking about gut health, which has mm-hmm. become s- such a huge subject, mm-hmm. all the research that I'm talking to you in terms of the oral microbiome is exact same research in the gut microbiome and is this exact same research on the skin microbiome. And we have also found there is correlation between destroying your oral microbiome and then having it affect your gut microbiome as well. So you can't just be thinking of the gut microbiome in itself because the start of digestion starts in your mouth. So whatever is happening in your mouth also has an influence in the gut as well. This whole topic about the microbiome has always fascinated me and I always learn new things about it. So what is this whole ordeal about fluoride? Non-fluoride, fluoride toothpaste, you know, there's always like a seesaw between them and ebb and flow. And I get confused even like, you know, quite frankly, I get confused. So there are some dentists that I've met that are pro-fluoride and some that are anti. So what are your, what is your stand on this? Okay, so I want to explain to you where the confusion comes from, mm-hmm. okay? Because I, my goal is education of people. And in order to educate the public, you cannot have just a 100% stance on one thing and say everything else is not okay. This particular thing is that 
fluoride, does fluoride make your teeth stronger, make your enamel stronger? Absolutely. There's no question. This is an unquestionable fact. Now, from this point is where the divergence comes. In order for fluoride to really be effective to make your teeth stronger, um, it has to be in contact with the enamel over a pre prolonged period of time. So you, when you brush your teeth and when you are uh, using um, mouthwashes, it's not long enough for that fluoride to be able to seep into the uh, tooth structure. The second part of it is that, yes, fluoride makes your teeth stronger, but is fluoride a neurotoxin? Yes, it is. So it's a neurotoxin, and it also makes your teeth stronger. So, so there is an inherent problem with this fluoride, which has become a center topic of many in the world of holistic. Where my stand is, is this. Since the toothpaste and the mouthwash do not have contact with the teeth long enough, and since everything that we eat has fluoride in it, this is the problem. The problem mm. is because fluoride is in the water, everything we eat, cereal, potato, broccoli, all sorts of vegetables, rice, everything has fluoride. So when you go to a CDC site, there's more worry about fluorosis, that means too much fluoride, which leads to brittle bone and yellow bone, than actually worry about fluoride, uh, people taking enough fluoride. What I have decided is that since there is enough fluoride in everything we're consuming, none of our products has any fluoride in it because mm -hmm. as a neurotoxin, it makes it also difficult to continue to have a certified non-toxic product if one of the ingredients is a neurotoxin. Okay, yeah, that makes sense, yeah. Well, yeah, no, that, that definitely clarifies it. And because I think sometimes when, you know, when people talk about it, they don't really give much explanation as to why. They'll just say, this is my product. It has no yeah. fluoride. You know, this is my product. It has fluoride <laughs> and it, because it's good for you. Here at Hello Beauty, we have a philosophy and it's say hello to the beauty in you. What advice can you give to those who are trying to discover their beauty within? So uh, in terms of the beauty from within, I actually uh, have a lot to talk about. <laughs> so in, in, in order for you to actually, as, as, a, as a doctor, let's, let's just talk about first as a doctor, um, to really have beauty within is what we have to do is that we have to understand the more stressed we are, the more angry we are, the more upset we are, naturally, there are stress hormones that are being produced within our body. And the stress hormones that are being produced within our body starts to destroy ourselves from within. So one of the things that we really have to concentrate on is that we just don't want to look well and beautiful outward. We want to also take care of the inside by first not increasing these types of hormone being produced in our body. So production of these stress hormones causes all sorts of problems such as heart disease, all the way to arthritis and everything else. So medically, in order to be also beautiful inside is you have to have care for yourself and tolerance for others and not to take things so seriously like it's the end of the world. It isn't, you know? One thing we know as we've gone through life, 
things we thought it was so horrendous and how could we ever uh, bring ourselves back from it we have and we have found joy back in life so one thing i always say it's not the end of the world things will pass um and then the other thing is that um peace of mind right peace of mind and um in a way that not only you're happy about yourself but you're also helping others around you to be happy so to me uh, one of my basic philosophies in terms of all companies that I have always owned is that all my employees are the people around me doing better this year than last year is part of my responsibility. And it is not a burden. It's a, it, it brings freedom to you because you really feel that you're helping others, you're helping yourself, and you're putting something out that is good in terms of a company. So these are the things that I believe in myself that helps the beauty from within. No, I love that. I totally agree 100%. And I feel like you have some tips you can share on certain practices or maybe rituals you do um, yourself to manage your stress. Because I can tell that, you know, even just being a award-winning cosmetic dentist, author, and a founder and a boss, you know, in this company, seems like I'm getting this really positive and calm aura from you. And I want you to share what you do to stay stress-free for the most part. Yeah, I, I think it, it comes uh, from, I think, very basic concepts. And I, and I think I can tell you a story, which is a story where uh, this is back in 1985. I'm going to see my first patient on the clinic floor at USC School of Dentistry. And the tooth I'm going to be working on is the upper last molar, which is the hardest tooth in the mouth to work on. And this is my first patient. And I'm bringing all sorts of instruments. I'm in the elevator. And at that moment, I feel this anxiety and stress overcoming. So, oh my God, why did I pick this patient as my first patient? The next thought was, look, all these people before you have graduated. All these people before you have done this. You're not any stupider than any of these people that have done it from before you. So don't be worried. One way or another, you're going to handle it. That instant became one of the things that I often use. I always say, if so many other people have done it, I will be able to do it. I'm not the first one I'm going through this difficulty. It will, I will find a way that I can overcome it just like everybody else has. That's one thing. The second thing is that when stress and negativity is coming my way, the thing that I think about is that do I want to give that energy or do I want to give energy to more positive things that I can do? So at the moment, I feel anxious about something, I ask myself a question. Do I want to be worried about this or do I want to put my energy toward finding a solution to this problem? And I go into action about solution. I hardly sit down and I'm constantly thinking. I'm more into action rather than sitting there and dwelling on things. Mm -hmm. So action also became a very important part of everything. And then the third, and the, I think, um, one thing that has really helped me has been the fact that um, I think whatever I cannot do anything about, I don't worry. 
I only put my attention on things that I can do something about. And that also has brought a lot of calmness for me. Yeah, that's so good. That's such a great reminder because, you know, sometimes, especially with everything that's been going on in the past two years, it's just so, dip, you know, with all of the news also that, you know, with all the, the mass shootings and the government and the pandemic, it's like, it's like a surge of, you know, negativity all at once. But, you know, like, it's such a good reminder just in order to take care of yourself, you have to think about yourself and your own well-being that, you know, you you have to set your boundaries and that's such a good reminder especially coming from a successful individual such as you thank you thank you so much yeah so what is something exciting in store for you could be personal or business uh, so i think uh, business wise um the growth of our company lumino um has been so tremendous um we are soon going to be in bigger chains and we're already in Walgreens and Whole Foods and Sprouts. Word is getting out. We have become the number one whitening strip on Amazon. Um, so in that way, the story of the microbiome and protection of the microbiome is becoming more resonating with customers, which is the, the thing I've always wanted. Um, in terms of personal, I think, um, being able to take time to be on podcasts, to talk to people, to help people. I, I set aside about 10 to 15 hours a week of helping friends, strangers, uh, marriage problems, mm -hmm. issues in their companies, mentoring. I, I do mentoring of uh, many people between the age of 25 to 35. I'm very much interested in the lives of the um, young people because they are the future generation and they're key to the, our prosperity and freedoms in the future. I look into the future with a lot of hope against all of the war, all of the pandemic, all of the shootings, all of the things that are going on. I do believe we have a bright future ahead of us. I do believe the future generation is going to be even more mindful of the environment, more mindful of clean ingredients, more mindful of each other, uh, more tolerant of each other. So I think there's a lot of good things also on the horizon as well. I love this. Ending in such a beautiful and positive note. Where can they find you? And what are your social channels? Right. So um, in terms of the website, drmadahi.com and also luminohealth.com, um, products, uh, definitely Amazon, Whole Foods, um, target.com walgreens and all that and uh, social media in terms of for my own self is the uh, smile expert and uh, for lumino at lumino uh, the handle as well thank you so much dr madai had such a great time talking to you you are such a wealth of knowledge i appreciate it thank you so much i had a great time and and listen uh, the what you are doing is what makes me also so happy and hopeful about the future. We need more people like you that bring this type of insight and knowledge to others. Your own personality, what comes through you, the how happy you are that you're becoming more educated on something, how much you care. These are all important things. And don't forget, we don't need millions of people to change the world. We need just a few people with their ideas to bring change. So thank you so much for everything you did.
Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you again.